Hello everyone, I'm Michael Corrigan and this is the Journey Continues podcast where we speak to interesting individuals about how they've navigated the challenges in their lives. Our mission is not to provide advice but it is 100% to provide insight into what our guests were thinking and feeling through these times so you can cherry pick the information that resonates with you the most. Today we have something a little bit different. It's springtime, the days are getting longer hopefully a little bit warmer. We've had some positive news here in the UK that lockdown is easing. And I would say in general, the vaccination programs are going quite well. So what we wanted to do was, before we move on to the next stage of the podcast, uh, we wanted to look back at some of the great insights that some of our guests have given us so far. So today's all about reflection before we move forward on to the next stage and what will hopefully be a far better and adventure-filled 2021. So I hope you enjoy these clips. Take care and I'll speak to you soon. So let's kick things off. I feel like when we speak to people about the beginning of the pandemic, there's everyone has a, I guess, a moment where the penny drops and we realize this is happening and it's a big thing. And I feel like everyone's memory is quite vivid of that. How did it all start for you? Yeah. So for me, I guess that it was around, um, uh, beginning of March, you know, when the, pandex, the pandemic slowly started happening, you started hearing more about it on the news. And then, um, you know, at that time, uh, around uh, like end of March, we were planning a trip for Tulum. So I'm just like keeping track of numbers being like, okay, are we still going to be able to take this trip? Is it safe? All right, the numbers are still low. Um, but then when I just kept seeing the numbers go up and, you know, it was like surpassing um, the SARS numbers and um, a lockdown was going to be announced and you started seeing people and hearing about people on the news, like um, panic shopping, you go grocery shopping and like toilet papers out, flowers out. Um, I think that was when like it hit for me. It was just, just like, oh no, like this is actually happening. Like the numbers are just going to continue to go up and we're going to be in this lockdown and um, like changes are happening. You know, there's um, no going back to normal for a while. You know, it's like, like looking forward to normal, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, so I would say like in March was when like that penny dropped and I just kind of like started to see like a shift in everyone's behavior and even my husband's behavior and like just kind of like starting to worry you know about our family and like the situation and stuff like that mm-hmm. um but yeah so you had some amazing news you had a you became a mum for the first time about five or six months before the pandemic how's it been becoming or being a new mother um since it all started yeah well like you know when you become a new mom um you know, like there's so many experiences, new experiences that you're going through um, with your partner and you're figuring things out. And, you know, I have my family um, that'll like help me out from time to time. And like you, ha- I have my friends who have kids that'll I'll message and they'll like, you know, provide advice and stuff like that. But um, at that time I was uh, meeting I, I had joined a mom's group and I started meeting other moms and um, meeting this like great community of moms to like share tips and stuff with like and you'd hang out with each other and all your kids are around similar ages and you're like you know looking forward to the future where like you know your kids can like continue playing together go to school together and stuff like that um, 
yeah well like those mommy groups were happening once a week and then once the pandemic um happened um we couldn't have um those those meetups anymore and you know we have a group chat that we would uh, keep in touch on but um it's kind of hard because all all moms you know a lot of the moms in my group were uh, second time moms and they were really busy with two kids and even just being busy with one kid it's just kind of hard to keep up with like messaging and stuff like that so I found that group um pretty quiet so I was really lacking um that support group and and sense of community cool and then how is how has life been then through the pandemic and I guess managing your time and managing the new situation yeah well um you know I think my parents always say this to me when I FaceTime them like when we're at the beginning of the pandemic they're like oh you're so lucky that you have Jaden during the pandemic like all you get to do is just like spend time with him and um and I'm very grateful for that time spent with him I mean even like before the pandemic I would have still been spending a lot of time with him but um you know but because you couldn't go anywhere you couldn't see anyone you couldn't visit anyone it was just like okay it's just time to be home and be present um with your kid and that's all that you can do so um you know I'm very grateful for the time um that I have with Jaden during pandemic while I was on uh, on mat leave um but at the same time I feel like it was just it was just really lonely um you know I I you know being at home with my husband uh it's great and having um, him around to like help take care of Jaden is great but um, you get lonely not being able to go meet up and have a drink with your friends and uh, go to fitness classes you know because that was also another um, great community that I was a part of that um, where I don't get to hang out with my friends there anymore. Yeah 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 I feel like we're all missing the social touch points we're so used to having so you know, I miss going to the pub or the bar because I miss the atmosphere, I miss the music, I miss the conversations, being in a coffee shop and hearing that chatter. It's quite nice oh, yeah. and I can't wait for that to come back. Hearing that coffee machine go off in the background <laughs> while you're working from your, your computer. <laughs> so like, obviously you picked up, and this is what I love, like you picked up something new and you started to do something completely new. So can you tell us a bit more about what that is because I don't want to drop any spoilers just now yes. I guess how that started yes so um you know during the pandemic when you're at home um with your ex-month-old um you know you're uh you're either spending time with him or then while he's napping you just kind of like want to zone out and go on social media so for me I really um I would go on Instagram and I slowly started discovering um roller skating like I slowly started seeing it pop up on, on my feed and seeing um uh beautiful men and women just uh, jam skating so jam skating is a style of skating where you're just like dancing on roller skates and doing all these elegant and fun moves and I was like oh this is like so neat and I would like start liking them and you know how Instagram and Facebook's algorithm works you know they slowly, slowly start popping up <laughs> on your feed and I'm like you know, this would be pretty fun to try because during that time it was like spring, like around spring, summer when I started to discover it. And I'm like, 
you know what, maybe I should look into getting a pair of skates. Like maybe this is something that would be fun uh, for me to try out, you know, and a part of me was kind of holding back because I was like, oh, well, what if I don't, what if I don't like it? Then I'm just going to have a pair of skates just <laughs> collecting dust. And then I'm like, well, you know, what if I, I will like it? So um, I went online, found myself a pair of skates. It's really hard it was at the time it was really hard to find a pair of skates because during that time uh i think a lot of uh, men and women were getting into roller skating like it was like That's this cool. trend um that was happening um so i ended up finding myself a pair of a decent quality skates and picked them up and uh took them where did i first start to see i just took it to like a, an empty basketball court near my house while Jaden was sleeping and um, my husband Mason would stay at home and, and look after uh, Jaden and went for my first skate. And that was when it happened. I, I fell in love with roller skating and, um, and yeah, I, I thought I would be this jam skater, like, but it turns out after a few times roller skating, uh, I started discovering um, people who were park skating so park skating is a different form of skating it's like a little bit more of like the extreme sports uh category where you would roller skate in half pipes and bowls and you go to the skate parks and you go off jumps and stuff like that um so i think that extreme because i'm a pretty extreme adventurous person so i think that extreme side of me was like oh you know what no jam skating is not for me you know what, I'm going to try that. There's a skate park near my house. So I'm going to try it out. And, you know, I I jumped it. I, I crawled into the bowl because I didn't know how to <laughs> drop in is, is what you call it. And um, I started just flopping around, rolling around like a fish, not knowing what I was doing, but I, I loved it. I fell in love with it. <laughs> what was it like the first time you turned up at the skate park? Because, you know, I remember when I went snowboarding for the first time, I bought all this equipment and you know when you're not when you're new to something you're not really sure if you're buying the right stuff so you're kind of going on someone's word if that's the right snowboard or the like the right jacket the right helmet and yeah you you know obviously you're brand new at it so what was that what was that like yeah well for me it was oh my gosh I don't think I'd ever been to a, a skate park before I mean I uh skateboard I skateboarded when I was 16, when I was younger, um, but I was just like, I never did, I never ended up at the skate park. So I didn't know what that feeling was. But so my first time at the skate park was when I started roller skating. And for me, I was really intimidated just driving there. I was like, oh no, are there going to be skateboarders there? Like, are they gonna be like, oh, what is this roller skater here doing? Like, you know, I, 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 I was worried about, um, being judged you know mm -hmm. being judged for being a roller skater being judged for being a female in you know in a, a male space like not saying that um the parks are male space but like a lot of the times there's a lot uh there's more i find there's more male skateboarders yeah. at the skateboard than females and uh yeah it was really nerve-wracking and i was like you know what, just push, just push through these feelings. Like you made it here. Um, like, let's just put on your roller skates. I think I had, you know, your, you had mentioned um, gear. Uh, I had purchased 
think I purchased the bare minimum with like uh, uh, wrist guards and knee pads. Cause when I had purchased my roller skates, I was like, going to be jam skating. <laughs> I didn't think I'd find myself at the park. And then I had brought my, my husband's bike helmet with me, you know, just to stay on the safe side. And I'm standing there at the top of the bowl. Uh, and there was this uh, man who was skating, he was just dropping in, skating around on the wall. And I was like, okay, I can, I'm like, you just drop in. And I was like, okay, maybe I'll, I can just drop in. I'm like looking down. I'm like, no, there's no way I can do it. I think it was like a, a seven foot drop in. And, yeah, yeah. and I'm like, no, I can't do it. And I was like, well, how am I going to get in? And then, well, how am I going to get out? And I'm like, you know what? Just, just, just get in. You'll figure it out. I, I told myself. And uh, I just, I crawled in and skated around in the pool, figured out how to go back and forth. I was like, I look like an idiot right now, but this is so much fun. And I think as soon as I got in the bowl and started skating around, I think that's when all um, my fears of judgment yeah. uh, like disappeared because my, those feelings that joy and fun, um, like, um, like accomplishing, like this challenge, uh, it just surpassed, um, those, those, those negative feelings that I was feeling. Yeah. I, I love that for so many reasons. Like, you know, you, you overcame the fear of becoming a beginner again. And I think that's something that probably gets harder and harder as life goes on. So I think that's something that I love. And I love that story for that reason. And then, yeah, just even the understanding like what, because anytime you do something new, you need to, you almost subconsciously look for what the, the etiquette is of the new situation. So it's like in a snowboarding sense, it's like, how do I get onto the ski lift? When is my, when is it my turn and stuff like that? Yeah. So you've got all this kind of stuff to figure out. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, um, I did have to figure that out because when I started going to the skate park, um, you know, I was a mom on mat leave who had some extra time on her hands when her son was sleeping. So I would go during the day when people were working um, or I would go early morning because um, during that time when I started, it was summer. So um, there were also some kids there um, skateboarding or on their scooters. But most of the time when I went, it was empty. But uh, during the times when I went, when it started getting busy, um, you know, I think you always, I think it's like common sense to like wait your turn, you know, like you kind of, it's like, it just kind of comes to you. Like, you know, when you see a lineup, you wait in the back of the line, you know, you stand in the front of the line. And it's like the same common sense at the skate park. You know, if you, if you're with you know, if there's 10 people there, it's just like, okay, who went? Okay. If I just came in, okay, I'm going to be like the 10th person. And I'm, you know, you just kind of like keep track of that. Um, but sometimes, um, you know, there'd be people, you know, there'd be more chattier people. And then, so when it's their turn and, you know, for me, I was always like any time that I got to skate, it was like, you know, I'm on a time limit, you know, I only got like four to five minutes to skate. So it's like, are you go? So it's like, it's your turn now. Like, are you going to go? Can I go? Like, you know, um, you know, and when you're caught up in that situation, you know, that's when you just ask like, Hey, it's your turn. You go. And they'll be like, no, it's okay. You can go. Um, so yeah. So over time you just kind of learn, um, you know, it, it's, it's common sense, but over time you'll, you'll learn etiquette or like when someone, 
you know, nails down a trick, you know, people like stomp their feet or, you know, you hear skateboarders like slap their skateboard and stuff like that. It's just a like cheer people on and you're like, oh yeah, you know? That's, that's awesome. I was reading today, I think it was about these subcultures that are bubbling up and one is roller skating in North America. And then I think there was one about running and people have taken up running, including myself and the pandemic, just as a way to get out get outside, get some fresh air and just have, you know, something to take their minds off things and also just have something to focus on for half an hour, 45 minutes, one hour. And I think that's so important to have that, to have something that's, that you can focus on that's not work-related or home-related mm-hmm. yeah. um, and just to detach from things. Yeah, it's a nice, um, you know, it's a nice, like, escape from reality you know even though like you know my reality is good I'm very grateful for my health and the job and and for my lovely family but you know sometimes reality is really really hectic (laughs) you just want to um escape that for a bit even even if it means um you know enduring in like five kilometers of running pain (laughs) how do you like is that is that like a like for you, you said you had picked up running during the pandemic. Is that like, do you find that like as some sort of like an escape for you as well? Or Definitely. I think that it's funny because I would never have ran before the pandemic. I would never have done it. I would, I would, I would have went to the gym. I would have done high intensity interval training. I would have done sprints, but I would never have jogged for half an hour, 45 minutes. And I just didn't enjoy it at all. And it got to the point where I just felt like I had to get outside. Like Scotland, Britain, Scotland in the in the winter can be cold, dark, can rain a lot. And actually you just need to get outside and get some fresh air every day. And for me, it was, okay, I'll get out and I'll run one and a half kilometers. And then the next day I'll try and run two kilometers. And then the next week I'll try and run three kilometers. And now I'm running like seven, eight, nine kilometers. And, you know, after you're doing it for a long time or a while, you start to identify your own pace of running. So I don't run for like a, I don't run for a personal best time. Mm. I don't try to beat my time all the time. Although I look at it and see, okay, am I naturally improving? But you do it and you kind of you find a pace for how it, how it feels okay for you to run and you kind of once you get into that pace your mind can start to drift away and you can start to think about other things and yeah your mind kind of wanders a little bit and but in a nice peaceful way it's yeah, hard to yeah. explain no I, I but, get it yeah 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 so for me that's like you know I, I run probably two or three times a week now and I just think that it's something I want to continue doing but it's definitely my form of escapism getting out of the house and doing something getting some exercise and getting some fresh air mm-hmm. and then would you consider that to be like a like a new challenge for you and like how would you yeah. keep it continue to keep it challenging for you I don't know I don't know if it needs to be challenging I think it's just the act of getting outside putting some music on or a podcast on and running and just 
getting away from all, getting away from the desk and getting away from the work and getting away from the emails and being outside and being able to, you know, be free, if, uh, you know, for that period of time, you know, but, yeah. you know, I'm, I'm the kind of guy that I definitely have a bucket list. And I always said that I would love to run a marathon, not for the love of running a marathon, but just for the sake of saying that I, yeah. I have run a marathon and I was never going to get there. I was never on the path to running a marathon, but now I feel like, you know what? I could be on the path, right? Totally. In a couple of years, it's something I'll do. But I'll definitely start with like a, you know, a 10K and build up from there. But I, I feel like I could do that now. And that's, it's not from trying to do that, but it's just from a, a desire to get out, run, take my mind off things. And then it's, it's naturally built up to that. So it's quite nice. Yeah, like roller skating for me, it's like, like you said, like, you know, running was your excuse to like get outside, do something different, get away from the desk. And um, for me, that was roller skating. I'd be interested to know how the last year has been for you and what that's meant for, for your preparation. And then also when this all started at the very beginning, it was almost like something in a land far, far away. It wasn't here. And all of a sudden it was here really, 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 really quickly. So it was quite, quite visceral. A lot of people seem to have a, a moment where the penny dropped and it was real. What was that for you? Penny drop for me massively um, was, as you said, end of the Six Nations last year. We were supposed to be playing Wales, down in Wales. We'd, um, we'd heard whispers about it after the France game. Um, that went ahead. And then the whole training week, we're sort of, is it on, is it off? We got confirmation it was definitely going to be on. We flew down on the Friday. We're walking around, going, went out for breakfast that morning. And because it was captain's day, so went out for breakfast and a coffee with the boys. And we're on the bus, the captain's run. And yeah. Game got game had been postponed and cancelled because of the pandemic, and we got a bus back to Scotland that night. And we pretty much got told by our team doc. He says this is going to be worldwide. He called it. He called it a week before, and he said to me, he said, "Look after the family. I won't see you for a couple of months." So, and I said, "Doc, you've been crazy. I'll be back here. And I'll be back here for summer tour, you know." And he says, "You know, you won't be." Um, so he called it, and I'll give him credit for that. Um, but I, I honestly didn't think it was going to kick off as much as it did until the Glasgow boys got sent home as well. Um, and all the, all the WhatsApps kicking off, you know, when we're back to training. Because as soon as you start professional rugby, you're literally, you're told when to gym, you're told when to eat, and you're told when to go home. It's such a routine. You're literally, you're, you're handheld the whole way through. You know exactly where you're going to be all day for the, the whole week. It changes on a daily basis. But um, yeah, definitely, Penny definitely dropped coming back from Wales. And I was thinking, this is crazy, you know, like, when are we going to play rugby again? And when was your first game since this all started? First game was middle of August. I think I think it was 14th of August. Mm-hmm. And how did you prepare for that? So we, we literally, so we went home that day after Wales and we pretty much got told you're on, you're definitely not going to be in next week or the week after. So go away for three weeks, whatever. And... Um, so then, of course, the WhatsApp's kicking off, right? Can I get a what bike? Can I get this? Can I get X, Y, and Z from the... The S&C man was pulling his hair out. Um, he's bald now. Um, because he's literally driving around all of Glasgow, dropping off all the equipment. Because I think they pretty much got a heads up that Scotland's going to be locked down completely. So get as much equipment as you can out of Scotland. So I was really lucky um, that I got um, Jamie Dempsey, one of the guys, the Scottish carrier manager. He runs a CrossFit gym in Airdrie. And so I messaged him out of the blue and said, right, 
I know this is going to be a big thing. Can I just borrow some weight? So I was covered. I had a walk bike and I had um, a full gym rack and everything. So I got to train pretty hard. Um, but we got back to actually training, I think. It was originally started through Murrayfield and it was three days a week. You drove to Murrayfield, you got temperature, to temperature checked, you did weights in a, it was like a solitary confinement square um, with, with shields at the side for your protection. You had all your equipment there, you had an hour slot in there and you went onto the back pitches and you, you had a 20 meter running track. You could only do straight line running, you couldn't pass a ball. So that was for a month. And my wife gave birth to our son Hamish um, end of April. And so, because I had all my equipment already, I said to them, I'll do my running at West of Scotland in Glasgow. Give me a GPS so you can keep monitoring me, but I'll do the sessions. And I've got all the weights at home, probably more weights than you've got here. So I'll just do my weights at home. And they said, yeah, that's fine. It's on you, though, to chip away. Because if you come into preseason, you're not ready to go. We're going to hold you accountable. So I did that for a month, which was, which was tough. Um, trying to work out when the kids are sleeping. And we then came back to full-on training in... Middle of May, I believe. And that was when we were allowed to pass a ball. And it was originally just passing a ball, a bit of touch games. And then sort of grew, grew and grew. And then into August, the week, two weeks before, we could do full smash. And we were back at Scotchton, which was great fun. Um, so, yeah, no, I was just absolutely buzzing to play. Um, I'd, I'd done so much road running. I felt like I was a marathon runner. I, I think the most I did was 15K. Um, I nice. loved it. Just put my headphones in and got to go out and do a spin. I, put, I, 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 would, I went to bed. Um, and Yaz would be with Hamish and I would um, I'd go out for an hour and a half run. I loved it. Um, so, yeah, I was just, I was like, you know what? Um, the key things I took from the pandemic would be, you know, don't take anything for granted. And so I was just buzzing to play, play rugby again. Um, I, I never usually liked playing against Edinburgh, but even though it was Edinburgh, I didn't care. I was just, I was smiling the whole time. I was really chompsy. So I, I actually... The missus, she gave me a telling off when I got home. She goes, I, all I heard the whole ref like was you shouting at the ref. So next game, make sure you don't do that. And I, was like, yeah, <laughs> fair point, fair point. I was just so excited to do that. Uh-huh. So yeah, now I just, the feeling that I had preparation-wise, I was just like, I can't wait to play. Let's just, fingers crossed it goes ahead because I was just like, if one of us has a positive test, I'll cry. I just want to play rugby again. Uh-huh. So um, yeah, just absolutely buzzing. And even though we, lo- even though we lost, I went home that night. I was on the phone to mom and to dad, to my wife, to my little brother, like because he played as well. I talked to him on the way back to back to Glasgow. Just like, oh, how good was that? We're playing rugby again. I was just so happy. Because um, it's funny because it's it's all I've known since I was seventeen, and so to get that taken away from me, and people say, oh, it's, it's a sport, but to me, it's, it's it's my livelihood, you know. And to get back to some sort of normality was massive. Yeah, 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 absolutely. And then off the back of that, what are your plans for 2021? Plans for 2021, as I alluded to in the podcast, is just to keep enjoying, enjoying my rugby. Um, yeah, just I think if I keep enjoying it, you know, um, if I play with a smile on my face, I'm going to play my best rugby. So I want to keep doing that. Um, I'm, I'm available to play this week, so fingers crossed um, I, play, I play for someone at the weekend. Um, that's Glasgow or Scotland so I'll find that later on in the week um, but yeah just to keep enjoying my rugby stay healthy stay fit and then see what happens and I think just the key one for me outside of rugby is you know just be a good dad and be good be a good husband I think what, what, what this pandemic's taught me is just to enjoy the little things um, I like to live my life 100 miles an hour 
And so we just had the birth of my son Hamish and I decided to rip up the whole back garden and landscape the whole back garden, mainly myself and a few of the boys um, when we were still on that furlough period. And so the early, early weeks of uh, Hamish's life, I was doing full 12 hour days in the garden, absolutely knackered and, and not really enjoying the time with Hamish that I'd had with Iona before. So um, I definitely think I've got, I've got my balance a lot better now, you know, and so that's a key job for me ahead of rugby and ahead of everything else is just to, to be a good husband and, and be a good father and uh, keep that going for the rest of my life. <laughs> That's good. That's good. Final question then, where is the first place you're going to travel to when the world opens up again? I think the first place for me, I was I definitely, I would, I'd love to travel. It's going to be Portugal with the family. Um, in August 2019, we took my daughter who was, um, she was only about, uh, what was she? She would have been three or four months and for a family holiday and we absolutely had a great time, loved it. Um, so I think my son doesn't have, my son doesn't even have a passport yet, but we'll try and get one organised and we'll get over to Portugal as soon as we can. With the pandemic, it's been a crazy time for us all. When did, you know, when did you realise that, that it was a global thing? Because I think for a long time it was something that was happening somewhere else and all of a sudden quite quickly it was on our doorstep and I feel like everyone has this moment of like okay it's a penny drop moment and it's it's here and we need to do something and it's all all happened quite quick what was that like for you when did you realize that and then I guess how did it affect the business so I, I again I remember seeing it on the news thinking I remember specifically when it got bad in Italy thinking okay the UK are a bit behind Italy we're going to learn from this and we're not going to get in such a, a a bad situation which I guess is a bit naive in hindsight but um, you know I thought okay we'll be on surely like we'll learn from from their mistakes and, and we'll, we'll be a bit more on top of it and then it really hit me when the lockdown was announced in March and it was just a panic moment of, oh, this is not good because all of my production had to stop. So orders that were midway through had to stop. It meant I then couldn't take any new orders on because like I say, if we're making everything to order, it's not like we have a pile of stock that we could continue to try and sell. Um, so yeah, that was a moment of, oh no, this is not good. And I had a good... I don't know three or four days of just panic mode hit 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 the panic button, and then I think I you know I got a grip of myself and just you know thought okay it'll only be for a couple of months you know just calm down get yourself together, um, and I'm probably quite thankful that I did think then it was only going to be a couple of months because if you told me a year down the line we would still be in a lockdown, um, I don't know <laughs> what my reaction would have been. Yeah, I don't think anyone thought it would be this long. I think I think people thought about it and there was definitely like the, some of the scientists were saying, okay, second wave, third wave, the winter can be quite difficult and stuff. But none of the none of the economists that I've read um stuff from thought it would be thought that it would last this long. Um, you know, I, we were talking about being back in the office in a few weeks and stuff like that at the very beginning and potentially back in the summer and being okay with that. But you know, for it not to for us to be essentially a year a year later and, and now have light at the end of the tunnel which is good um yeah it's pretty crazy and I think I was saying it's the statisticians are saying this is like a, a once in a century event as well so it's it's pretty crazy it is and I think that's what I've got to keep remembering and all business owners that 
we're in a situation that we've never had to deal with before. And I know in the start, I was particularly hard on myself because I was really worried and panicked. And I think you've just got to give yourself a bit of slack that everybody's in the same position and everybody's kind of having those worries. And, you know, it's, I think I, in the end, I've adopted like, you know, <laughs> what will be will be because it's kind of out with our control at the moment. Yeah, definitely. Um, I think there's like definitely a message of, being probably not being as demanding of ourselves right now because I think it's just a a situation where we've never experienced anything like this before you know the previous generation or two haven't experienced anything like this before so no one really knows how to deal with it Um, and although everyone's going through it we're all in lockdown we can't socialize in the same way so there's like that feeling of isolation so although we know others are going through it, it for a lot of people, it feels like they're the only ones going through it. Um, so I think, yeah, it's just about um, trying to stay positive, trying to understand what you need to do to put yourself in the best headspace to be able to do what you can, but also realise like a lot of it is out with your control and as ending as well. So it's like there's a lot. So I think there are lots of things to look forward to over the next couple of years. Yeah, absolutely. I think it was so easy to sort of get bogged bogged down with what was going on um and I think also part of me because running a business I like to be in control of everything so it's having that control taken away from you I feel it's like such a big adjustment because you're kind of now being told what we can and can't do (laughs) um so it's yeah it's just kind of it's just it's been a hard sort of thing to adjust to and yeah I've been escaping in things like baking and whatnot because if not I think you can just find yourself worrying and what's happening is happening regardless whether you worry or not so mm-hmm. you know there's kind of I think I just had to get to a point where I just thought you know it, what's happening is happening like you sitting worrying about it all day and all night is not going to make it any better um so I think you definitely have to try and just be kinder to yourself and try and yeah like you say there's light at the end of the tunnel now and just try and plan for what what you can do moving yeah. forward yeah, absolutely. So how did you how did you adapt? What what were the things that you did to your your brand to adapt to everything? Um, so actually for, for so long we've been asked for things like scarves and entry point pieces to the brand, but it was kind of just I guess never having the time to dedicate to that. So I took the time to create some silk scarves. So I worked over the last five, six years on on digital printing with my tartans and on special product projects and things um so took it a step further and actually developing some silk scarves which had some sort of fun illustrations reflecting some previous kilts and things some some of my favorite pieces from over the years really um and just encapsulating that into a sort of fun collection of silk scarves um and again that just gives a more um easy sell sort of product just you know a scarf doesn't need a specific measurement or anything like that and it's also a nice sort of gifting piece and again just comes in at more of an accessory price point rather than sort of full outfit or anything yeah yeah and I think we were kind of talking before this about um I mean they're really lovely lovely designs I think you know it'd be perfect for I can see it in Harrods and uh, T5 and Heathrow when people are traveling and I can see it being the perfect thing for that that kind of environment yeah, absolutely. It's such an easy thing to sort of just pick up, um, like you say, from an airport, a nice, uh, nice store or something. Um, it's just nice and small and compact as well. It doesn't take up too much space in your luggage. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. And then what are the what are the next steps then for you post-COVID? Like, what are you going to do? 
So I've been working on a digital atelier idea where um, you could build your full outfit and customize each element yourself via my website. Um, so it, it sort of involves scanning in the textiles and things like that. And because my kilts and my outfits aren't traditional, it can be sometimes quite hard for someone who's only ever seen a traditional piece to visualize the possibilities and what could be done. So by putting the design process into the customer's hands, it just would, it's going to give a much more slick uh, customer experience and journey where they can play about with as many options as possible because currently um, we have a design brief and discussion and then I will do them designs, send it back, which works because well, most of my customers are overseas. So that works fine. It's great to have that technology, but I just think we can step it up a level and we can make it a lot more um modern as well and sort of everything in retail I think is heading towards tech so it is it, something actually I been I pitched originally in about 2015 so not long after I started the business to a funding um competition and the panel sort of feedback wasn't it was that it wasn't a good idea and it's something I regret was not going with my gut because it's something I guess I've always had in the back burner that I've wanted to do but because like I said earlier, I studied fashion and not business. So what I found hard in the start was making decisions and whether it was the right decision for the business. And so I would take on sort of feedback and, and listen to that quite literal rather than, you know, taking it on, but still going with, with my gut. Um, so that's something I regret not doing sooner because I feel like had I had that in place, maybe um, I would have been able to continue the sales a bit better and things with COVID with that sort of up and running but it's something I'm going to do now and I think it will really transform the bespoke side of the business so I'm really excited about it. Yeah I think like there's obviously a lot of things that have happened within retail over the last year or so with um, a couple of the bigger brands going into administration and you know I think you know the COVID has the pandemic has accelerated behavior changes and accelerated trends by like, you know, a decade. So a lot of things have moved forward quite quickly. And I think from a, you know, I've seen other brands like glasses companies and stuff like that be able to serve up, a, serve up an idea of where you're able to try on the glasses before you buy them and come into store and stuff. So I think like the, the interplay between e-commerce and what people do online and, um, and the research they're able to do um, and then also traditional retail, the interplay between those two things will be quite different. I think there's like, you know, I think probably in a year or so's time, it's quite exciting actually for retail and the, the experiences you'll be able to offer people. Um, so I think that's quite cool. And I think there's, a lot, there's just a lot of room for um, creativity and reinventing ourselves. Yeah, absolutely. I think yeah, retail is definitely going to be moving in the direction of experiences because online has been taken over for the last few years and really stepping down footfall within stores. But I actually feel like probably because of the pandemic, people will appreciate actually going out more and actually being able to go into a shop and not taking that for granted. They're probably sick of shopping online by now. <laughs> so, you know, I think it, although retail, physical retail stores, it's not a good time for them now. I think the future is just of opportunity if they play it right and if they take on you know actually step outside of what they currently do and move their business models forward into more experience led sort of ideas yeah yeah the way this is me being like an engineer i think reconciling <laughs> it in my mind this way but i think like you almost want to change it into like a 
a museum experience where you can kind of stroll through and just touch and learn about the whatever is going on if that makes sense yeah absolutely what are the what are the learnings you're going to take forward when things start to open up and we can always start doing business again in a more normal way um i think probably just appreciating that sort of freedom of being able to meet people from you know meetings and clients and things like that and just i don't, I don't know just i think it's just really sort of shaken up the way everyone is and I think also just towards myself to not be so I don't know hard hard on myself and or was it you know expecting myself to do x y and z I think it's kind of taught people to maybe just be a bit more mindful of how they treat themselves as well um especially as a business owner definitely I think as well like it's it's really refined the things that I'm like that I'm really passionate about and it's really refined the things that are really important to me. And I think I always, I've always enjoyed the process of growing a business and being creative and being entrepreneurial. But I think, um, you know, sometimes I probably didn't enjoy the moments as much or enjoy the kind of the little important things as much. And I think it's, for me, it's about one of the things is definitely taking time to, be, to, to enjoy those moments and be, um, be even more involved in the process and be ever more be even more grateful for it. I totally agree because there's so many things like um, Team Scotland, for example, people are like, oh my gosh, that's, that's amazing that you've done that. But, but I guess because you know that you've done that, you know you've got that contract, say, so far in advance before it happens, you're kind of like, yeah, okay. And then you're on to the next thing. Well, I'm doing this and you're trying to think I've got 10 other things I'm trying to work on now. Um, and you don't actually stop in the moment to be like, oh, wow, that, that was a really big thing. You know? um, so I think, yeah, like you say, just be a bit more grateful and appreciative of the moments that you have and the thing, the achievements that you make as well. Because I feel like that's, we've not been able to do much in the last year. I've kind of felt like I haven't achieved anything because I've been so used to, um, having all of these different achievements and things like that that just to stop dead in your tracks is kind of like well actually now I'm going to look back and yeah I did do this and I did this and <laughs> that was really good. <laughs> so one of the things we always ask is where is the first place you're going to travel to once we can travel again? Um, I think from earlier in the discussion my love of New York came across. Um, I think I'll definitely go to New York. I've got a lot of um, friends through the industry there and I also just feel like there's so much opportunity that happens there business-wise when you go and I feel like like I say after a year of almost not achieving anything it's the most logical place business-wise to head to and try and get some things going. Yeah definitely getting amongst that again and make things happen. Yeah, and feeling that excitement as well. It's so exciting when you get a meeting with Elle, for example, and it's that buzz that you sort of thrive off in business. So to not have anything sort of happening the last year is just is a bit flatline. So I think, you know, to get that buzz back and get those exciting meetings in, is it's good. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I think there's like, there's definitely a buzz you get from being, being anywhere, being in the city and, Pace, you know pacing the streets and just making things happen chapping doors and and getting meetings absolutely cool awesome well thank you so much siobhan for being here no thank problem you much, at all. thanks for having me thank you all again for for watching and or listening and we'll see you soon take care